Hi, I'm the strategist cowboy. The authentic Trappist product mark is a protected product that guarantees that the products or the product meets the criteria set by the International Trappist Association, ITA. ITA consists of 20 Cistercian monasteries and there are currently 14 producers of Trappist beer, of which 11 are approved by ITA to wear the brand, quote, authentic Trappist product, end quote. Six of them are located in Belgium. The others are located in the Netherlands, Austria, Italy, France, England, and the United States. Hold your horses for a moment. If six Trappist beers are produced in Belgium and the other six countries have at least one Trappist brewery, this should mean that there are at least 12 approved Trappist beer producers, not 11. It is simple calculus. Or am I missing something here? I am trying out one Trappist ale from a Belgian brewery today. This Trappist ale is made by the brewery Orval, in French, Brasserie d'Orval, from the Abbey Notre Dame d'Orval, almost right smack in the wine belt in the Gaume region of the southernmost Belgium. Except it is not quite in the wine belt, since the Abbey Notre Dame d'Orval borders to Luxembourg, and Luxembourg is not fully in the wine belt as far as I know. Albeit that the Gaume region also borders to France. It borders to the military interesting Ardennes in the north. The Ardennes as in the Battle of the Ardennes in August 1914 in World War I, and the Battle of France in 1940, and the Battle of the Bulge in 1944 to 1945 in World War II. The brewery produces two Trappist beers, Orval and Orval Vert. As with other Trappist breweries, the beers are sold in order to financially support the monastery and some other good causes. All of the profits from the sale of the beer are distributed to charities and for community development around the region. The brewery produces 22 million bottles every year. More than 85% of its production are sold on the Belgian market. Beer critic Michael Jackson considered Orval to be, quote, a wonderful aperitif and, and quote, a world classic, end quotes. Okay, let us thus start reviewing this Trappist ale called Orval. This beer, Orval, has got a 6.9% ABV. Orval is the brewery's main beer product, and the monastery has brewed it since 1931. This beer sort costs about 40 Swedish kronas, i.e. about 4 US dollars and 70 cents for this European standard sized container. That is about 1 dollar and 70 cents per 4 centiliters of beer. 
that is expensive. We will soon see if it is worth it. Even if it is a Belgian Trappist beer, 40 Swedish Kronas seem a little bit too steep for me for every day, or one day every week, or even one day every fortnight, moderate consumption. Ingredients in Orval are water, molten barley, hops, sugar, and yeast. The hops are of the German, or to be exact, Bavarian sort, Hallertau. The French, or to be exact, Alsatian Strisselspalt. And the Slovenian Styrian Golding. The Orval ale is re-fermented re in the bottle. The 33 centiliters, i.e. 11 ounces bottle, with a grayish label and with golden text on it, is curvy, very beautiful and interesting. Orval is best served at 12 to 14 degrees Celsius, i.e. about 54 to 57 degrees Fahrenheit, according to the bottle. Also, according to Sustainable Logget, this beer is best served at 12 to 14 degrees Celsius. The temperature 12 to 14 degrees Celsius, or about 54 to 57 degrees Fahrenheit, is one of Systembloget's three or four given main standard temperatures. We have no business coming to Systembloget and make a demand for any given standard temperature of, for example, 13 to 15 degrees Celsius in our beer. They won't have it. But on Orval's website, they say that the beer must be stored away from light at a temperature between 10 to 15 degrees Celsius, i.e. 46 to 56 degrees Fahrenheit. It should be served at this same temperature according to the website, but not according to the bottle. Served without its sediments, a beer of six months or more has a particularly bright appearance. This particular beer I'm drinking today is 12 months old, but the expiration date on it is July 2025. How about the experience then? Wow, that's a large head, a tall head, about uh, more than four fingers tall. And it's barely, the body is barely half full now. Oh, it's barely half emptied. It's a very good head. A tall head on this one almost five fingers I don't have five fingers except I have a thumb but uh, the other fingers I cannot it exceeds my four fingers and it's in this color it's uh, 
feculent, yellowish, brownish, light, but still you cannot see. I cannot see my fingers to the glass. There's a, a slight shadow of them or, or something, but uh, I cannot see. I wouldn't say I, uh, no. The, the aroma is um, uh, yeasty. It's difficult to sense the aroma through the thick layer of, of foam. The taste of this one is, uh, well, I think it's a heavy taste if, if you can express yourself like that, to say a heavy taste, but uh, it's uh, certainly not thin. It's not sweet. Not at all. I think it could have been a, a little bit sweeter because it's not sweet at all. I don't think so. I like some sweetness in beers often, often. Maybe not in uh, iPads, but this is not an iPad beer. And it's rich, of course. It's bread-like and yeasty. Syrup bread or something, but not the sweetness in it. Um. Taste of my palate. Distinct, very distinct. And not sweet and very bitter, I think. If it's not sweet, it still is bitter. Very bitter. Hoppy or something, yeah, hoppy. Uh, it's not candy-like, of course. It's not fruity, I wouldn't say. No, it's not. It, there's a lot of spices in it. Herbs and... Uh, Pepper. The undertone is bitterness, and the carbonation level is uh, 
Well, we'll see in a minute. I don't think uh, it's that it's creamy exactly. And it's not acidic. Uh, what is this? It's kind of a complex beer. Uh, I'd say that uh, the carbonation level is pretty high. I think so. It's banana taste in it. Tastes like banana. So, so there is some fruit in it. Banana taste. And straw-like, I think. Straw-like banana taste. Yeah. So it's got a large, large, a tall, tall head. Again, still, I pour up the last beer. And it's five fingers. If I had five fingers to measure with, it would be five fingers tall. More foam, more foam. More head than the, it's beer in this uh, glass. And this is the last I'm pouring. It usually fades away a little bit. Okay, what about grading then? I wish that it was a little bit sweet. It's not. If it had been sweet also, it would have been much better. A much better beer in my taste buds. For my taste buds. Because uh, I don't like this dry, dry beer. It's a dry beer. Unfortunately. Because I, I don't think... Uh, I would wish for it to be a little bit sweet. It doesn't need to be much sweet, but I would wish for it to be a little bit sweet. That's my personal taste. So I grade this beer. Um, I graded four devils out of ten possible. Five devils, maybe. This is not not my favorite kind type of beer. I mean, I mean the type is right. It's a a, a trappist beer, but the kind of beer, like unsweet, 
it's not worth more than uh, for my taste buds okay say five devils out of ten possible that's not very high com uh, since i usually grade beers a lot higher beers they sell at system below it so it's not very high if it had been sweet it would have been nine or ten or, or something okay absolutely don't drink and operate heavy machines military or civilian drink responsibly or not at all don't drink at all if you're underaged or pregnant this week's lesson or this fortnight's lesson is called biden's new strategy it seems that biden will follow in trump's footsteps and continue to oust sweden biden has thus made an active choice they can no longer excuse themselves for not having any control over their wicked fellow countrymen biden can no longer pretend to be ignorant or pretend that he can do nothing about what is happening. Biden did not want to share with us. Biden, on the other hand, wants to share with the UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and Israel. Shared power is double power. It is an active choice that Biden and his predecessors have made. In March, 2021, Biden invited 40 world leaders to a summit and he included the prime ministers of Denmark and Norway, but not Sweden's prime minister. Strange. The summit topics were officially about climate change and measures to rectify it and COVID-19. In reality, the summit was about energy and alliances who is out and who is in. But then the participants are also required to be able to read between the lines. Saying things straight in plain words is far too hazardous for a world leader. Stefan Löwen's press secretary announced in the newspaper Expressen that questions about the invitation list are referred to the US administration and that it is still too early to say whether Sweden will conspire with neighboring countries before the meeting. Quote F plus, March 28, 2021. Conspiring with means teaching our less initiated neighboring states. In fact, I'm extremely relieved to no longer have to worry about helping the giant babies in the United States presidential administration. Biden, the old 60s racist, is hoping for an American Saudi Arabia where the Americans have full control over their women. He will get a Brazil. The stranding of the Panama registered Japanese ship Evergreen Ever Given in the Suez Canal on March 23rd 2021 led to delays 
Evergiven is a long-term leased container ship to the Taiwanese shipping company Evergreen Marine. And at the time of the accident, the ship had an Indian crew. The ship is 400 meters long, and that makes it one of the world's largest ships. The oil from the Persian Gulf, the oil that goes to the east coast of the United States, passes through the Suez Canal. It would take about one plus months, one plus month extra time to round South Africa, and it is not certain that the tankers and container vessels have fuel tanks with the fuel that is enough for a month extra travel time without refueling fuel oil somewhere in West Africa. Evergiven was stuck in the Suez Canal for barely a week until March 29, 2021. But what does Biden's announced withdrawal of EG at least three Patriot batteries and more or less permanently stationed aircraft carriers from the Persian Gulf mean? The aircraft carrier called Nimitz, which is also the first aircraft carrier in the Nimitz class, was on assignment for assignment for almost a full year without rotation or leave for the staff and without any ship maintenance that could not be accomplished on board, until very recently when Nimitz was called home. Nimitz is expected to retire soon, and it is very costly to dismantle and scrap the nuclear reactor on board. Scrapping Nimitz will cost billions of dollars. If you have to risk one of the aircraft carriers in the Persian Gulf when provoking Iran, it is the Nimitz. The aircraft carrier Nimitz has been in active service since 1975, when Gerald Ford was president. Does Biden's announcement mean that, one, the oil infrastructure is now built and ready in Uganda and the region surrounding Lake Victoria, and that the expected oil is now flowing, that it is flowing to the United States and that the oil has been proven to be gasoline oil of West Texas intermediate comparable quality. Or does Biden's announcement mean that, two, Iran is not taking the bait of war. Time to rethink. If so, what role will Israel and Syria play in the new game? Will the Iranians dare to expand their influence in Syria? Will they take the new bait? And will the future war take place in Syria? What role will Russia then play, given the Russian bases on the Syrian coast at the Mediterranean in Latakia and Tartus? What role will Turkey play? What does this mean for us here in Sweden? A. Does it mean that the Biden administration will use the UK, France and Germany to ease sanctions on Russia so that Russia will cooperate in Syria, for example, by closing its eyes to Gazprom, Gazprom slash Nord Stream's gas pipeline in the Baltic Sea, a kind of barter? Or does it mean that B, the Biden administration is open to the possibility of shifting the event horizon northwards, thereby shifting the U.S. pivotal 
from roughly the Indian Ocean towards the northern parts of Russia by focusing on Syria and Israel rather, rather than the Persian Gulf, thereby hitting two birds with one stone, while at the same time being able to assure its allies in NATO support and slash or protection. Given China's ambitions in the Persian Gulf, what are the short-term and long-term risks of this? In the short term, this probably means no major military risks for the United States, which would not be, be to the United States' fortune, as China lacks an expeditionary fleet and army and only has two aircraft carriers. Albeit, they can use these two aircraft carriers more efficiently because they can be more ruthless to the crews long term. But the necessity of overhauls of aircraft carriers and a dependence on bases and friendly ports are still major factors. In the long run, China will strengthen its economic oil situation in the Persian Gulf if the United States partially withdraws militarily. But maybe China would have succeeded with that anyway. They have so far. Practically every state in the Persian Gulf, including Saudi Arabia, do more business with China than they do with the US. Perhaps China will also strengthen its position militarily if it is allowed to build air bases in Iran. But then they will probably have to invest in large-scale infrastructure projects and production of aeronautical components in Iran. So the solution of partially, partially, partially withdrawing from the Persian Gulf is not optimal. And Biden would not have gone so far if he had had an, an alternative. But Iran, through its foreign minister Mohammad Javad Zarif, actually made an agreement with China already in March-April 2021 through China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi. As usual, Mohammad Javad Zarif taunted the Americans during the photoshoot of the two dignitaries. So timely then that Iran, Iran's Air Force is like a garment of sackcloth and ashes from the time of the Shah. According to the New York Times, the parties decided on a Chinese investment of 400 billion US dollars in Iran over a period of 25 years. However, it can become problematic because the deal was apparently settled in US dollars and not in Chinese yuan. China also recently signed a multi-billion dollar agreement with Saudi Arabia. But it is probably just a manifestation of economic opportunism on the part of Saudi Arabia. For the United States, it is important to first and foremost involve the four Arab countries below and win them over on their side, while Israel is guaranteed to stay safe. Before Trump, people thought this would be an impossibility. But the Arabs think like Trump and understood him and they connected with the former president. The four countries that first Trump and now Biden are trying to get on board the ship are 1. Syria, 
two, Jordan, three, Saudi Arabia, four, Iraq. The rest of the Persian Gulf countries, they hope, will follow suit. If there is no war against Iran, Iran, all the better. Only as long as the Iranians fall in line. If there's going to be a war, it's not Joe Biden's fault. It's Donald Trump who put his foot in his mouth fault. His for the public covert warmongering against Iran has led to the situation Biden is in now. Trump did not step on with woolen socks exactly. So the Iranians could hear the war thunder approaching and they also understand in general terms why Trump sought war with them. However, they probably do not understand that the United States is doing well without Iranian oil. They do not understand the bigger picture very well. Very well. The Iranians conclude that Iranian oil means war. They mistakenly believe that the United States is out to steal their oil, and that is all there is to it. The following is, following is from the Associated Press from December 8, 2020. Quote, As the Pentagon pulls troops out of the Middle East in the coming weeks, under orders from President Donald Trump, U.S. military leaders are working to find other ways to deter potential attacks by Iran and its proxies and to counter arguments that America is abandoning the region. The Pentagon announced last month that the U.S. will reduce troops levels in Iraq and Afghanistan by mid-January, asserting that the decision fulfills Trump's pledge to bring forces home from America's long wars. Under the accelerated pullout, the U.S. will cut the number of troops in Afghanistan from more than 4,500 to 2,500, and in Iraq from about 3,000 to 2,500. End quote. Why pull out from Iraq and Afghanistan if they want a war? Because it is not optimal to wage a war against neighboring Iran from inside of Afghanistan. And they need to build up much larger forces in Iraq than they already have in Iraq. This takes time and is revealing and risky. It is much more optimal for the US to deploy their forces from the Mediterranean area if and only if they can get Russia to go along with it. It is not thankful to be the 46th president of the United States and take office after Trump. Biden has basically no choice. It seems like it's time for a new US war president. What do you think? U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said in June 2021 that it remains unclear whether Iran will comply with nuclear deal. Quote, We are not even at the stage of returning to compliance for compliance, Blinken said. We don't know if that's actually going to happen. We've been engaged in indirect conversations, as you know, for the last couple of months and it remains unclear whether Iran is willing and prepared to do what it needs to do to come back into compliance. 
So we are still testing that proposition. End quote. Wow. They are not even at the stage of returning to compliance for compliance. That is like saying, we haven't yet been in contact with a kennel to make our dog understand who's the boss. Remember POTUS George W. Bush talk of weapons of mass destruction prior to the Gulf War? Anyone? But this time it is probable that there are attempts to make weapons of mass destruction. Iran is trying to produce sufficiently enriched uranium for use in missile warheads, and they have all they have developed long-range missiles. By reading the article in the Algemeiner by Benjamin Kirsten, one can ascertain that the course to war is straight and the fog of war is thick. War against Iran via the Mediterranean and Syria, etc. in the first place, the Persian Gulf in the second. Israel has a crisis of confidence in the United States, but Biden, Blinken and the United States are trying to make Israel understand that the course is fixed and that only the methods have changed back to the pre-Trump era methods. Also, it is very interesting how one after another Iranian naval vessels in the Persian Gulf catches fire and gets disabled or sinks as reported by Israeli media in an error-prone manner. The latest reported and most noteworthy incident is from June 2, 2021, when Iran's largest naval ship, dubbed Harg, caught fire and sunk. However could a naval ship sink from a fire on board if there is no hole in its hull? Why would you even report it as if a fire caused a ship to sink? They are not idiots, the Israelis, you know. They ended one news report with the words, One thing remains clear. Sailing in the region can be very hazardous for the wrong ship. The narrator emphasizing the words for the wrong ship. They were also assiduous, assiduous in pointing out the Iranians' involvement in previous hostile mine operations in the Persian Gulf. So the Iranians are just reaping what they sowed. But it almost feels like if the Israeli media are hiding the true scope of this string of disasters and Israel's involvement, involvement in making it happen. And the sources are F+, World Israel News, The Algemeiner, and YouTube. Thank you, and see you later, alligator, at a while, crocodile. Oh, thank you.